Welcome to the podcast. I'm Rosa Coelho, your host, lifestyle entrepreneur, health coach, and speaker. I've gone from being in complete overwhelm, burning the candle at both ends, and watching my health, relationships, and business suffer, to creating a life with more joy, ease, and abundance. If you're ready to let go of the overwhelm, reclaim your health, and push past your comfort zone so that you can unleash your next level of success to create a greater impact, then sit back as we delve into conversations as well as bring on guests to share with you tools, knowledge, and real action steps to get you there. Listen in because you never know when you may hear something that changes everything. Hello, beautiful friend, and welcome to this week's episode. I am so thrilled to bring you an incredible episode I did with Marianne DeClaire. We talk all about sophrology. If you're wondering what is that, so was I. And in this episode, I learned so much and I'm so excited to share it with you. I'm going to leave the explanation of sophrology to Marianne, but all I can say is that we just never know the tools that are out there that can truly help us. And Mary Ann has an incredible gift to put out into the world and it's helped so many people already and you just never know when maybe it's the very thing that you've been looking forward to. If it is, feel free to reach out to Marianne. I put her contact details in the show notes. What's extra special in this episode for me personally is that I've actually met Marianne. We met in Vancouver, Canada. She came to do a kettlebell lesson with me, but she actually lives in France. So she's a Canadian that moved to France. So we talk a little bit at the beginning of how we met and what it's like to live in France. And it's super fun, but stick around because really this is an incredible episode and more than ever, it's something that people need. Marianne talks a lot about how to find happiness in your perfectly imperfect life. And I think more than ever, this is just such an incredible and necessary topic. She talks a lot about how to get past that feeling of being stuck and uninspired and how can you bring that inspiration back into your life. And I love it. On her website, it says in big, bold letters, you don't have to wait to live your vibrant life. And I love that. So sit back, grab your coffee, whatever it is, enjoy this episode because I know that it's an extra special one and there will be something in there for you. Hi, Marianne. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. So lovely to be here. Oh my goodness. This is so exciting. It's a blast from the past for sure. So for those listening, we first met, did we say it was 2015? 2012. 2012. Oh my goodness. That was literally (laughs) when I had just moved back to from London yeah, to Vancouver. Exactly. Yeah. So Marianne yeah. came to me for a kettlebell session for a kettlebell workshop, which is still something I love, love to teach women about is using kettlebells and strength training and all that kind of fun stuff. But we met there and then Marianne, you are living in France and you were living in France then you were just on a vacation to Vancouver. So tell us a little bit about France. What's it like? You're living in quite a rural place yes yeah I'm living in a tiny little village population 40 there's probably more sheep than people Um, but it's um, a really rural area in the Auvergne region which is um, kind of central southern France and I've been here in this particular spot for three years but I've been in France now uh, coming up on 12 years 
So there was a big sort of life change where I left everything I knew back in Vancouver and I moved to live with my French husband <laughs> here in France. Amazing. Oh my goodness. And I wish people could see the room that you're in because you're in a stunning room. You said it was like, what did you say? It was a, um, it was a pig shed. <laughs> a pig shed. That's what yeah. it was. But everyone listening, it's beautiful. It's like this beautiful stonework and oh my goodness. And makes me feel like I'm in Europe. <laughs> Just yeah, absolutely. It. Yeah. So sort of the, the rustic French stone walls. Yeah, absolutely. Stunning. I feel instantly kind of relaxed already speaking with you. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I know that's kind of what we're going to be talking about because the hustle and bustle of life and so much stress these days and anxiety is through the roof and all that. And that's why really we connected because we're going to be talking about something that I, I haven't even heard this word. Um, but when I looked it up, what you do, I was like, wow, everyone needs to know about this. This is so important. It could definitely help so many people. And so we're going to be talking about sophrology. Can you just start by telling us like, first, what is that? Yeah. So sophrology um, is a bit of a strange word. It means the study or the science of harmonious consciousness. Mm -hmm. And what it is, is a mind body technique. Um, because we are holistic beings and we can't just cut our, our mind off from our bodies. And so it works on both at the same time. They're both interdependent. And um, it's a series of exercises and things that we can do to increase a sense of well-being, boost our confidence, relieve stress and anxiety, and also just sort of fully um, benefit from life and just fulfill your potential and uh, really work on your own self-knowledge. I love so that. It was, yeah. No, you continue. Go ahead. <laughs> um, yeah. So it was uh, developed in 1960 by a neuropsychiatrist and he was looking at Western science and then also at Eastern techniques, like he had traveled through India and Tibet and Japan. And so he was really interested in these sort of mindfulness and meditation techniques and also yoga. Um, and he brought them back to France, to, not to France, to Spain, but he was um, doing salons and conferences in France, in Switzerland, Spain, and Belgium, which is why it's just generally well-known here and not really out in the English-speaking world. And um, so he, he developed this, this um, method that uses gentle movement, so similar to yoga. It uses controlled breathing and just attention to breath and body awareness in general and then guided relaxations and visualizations. So those all work together with specific intentions to help people right. sort of attain their objectives, their goals. Right. I love that because, you know, there's so many, there are different tools out there and meditation kind of has really become something accessible to people um, over right. the last few years. But what I love about this is just, it's, when people don't know about something, they don't know, they don't realize that there's something else that can help them. So maybe someone hasn't right. found the thing, you know, so often I'd be like, people would say, Oh, go do some yoga or go do that. But maybe it doesn't 
for me, just for whatever reason, isn't resonating or isn't something I can um, apply or stick to or that kind of thing. So I just love that there's like this whole other world out there of a different um, method, as you said, that can really help people. And so when we're open to listening and learning, like maybe this is the thing that someone listening, this is really going to be their thing that they just really click with. And they're like, okay, this can make such a positive impact on my life. So I absolutely love that. Right. And the, yeah, it's, there's people who, there are people who don't like meditation for whatever reason, they don't like sitting still or, you know, they That's find it great. difficult to, 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 to do nothing. And this is another way to get those same kind of benefits, but with using movement and controlled breathing and specific intentions and visualizations, it can make it, you can have the same benefits, but um, you're, you're, you're busy occupying your body and your, and your breath and, and as you do the work. Yeah. I love that you said that because actually the whole sit down, meditate thing has never for me really worked. And I remember right. I used to just like painfully force myself to do it, waiting for this magical day where it was going to click and it's <laughs> going to be like, I'm going to get it. I'm going to get why other people love it. And right. then I just kind of accepted that my meditation is, walking in the backyard with no shoes on and and this year I've started gardening and it was like mm-hmm. or being in the yeah. forest and hugging my trees like all those things make me feel so good and I was like this is my meditation and that acceptance like, was so satisfying but as you're speaking it makes me think of like as a as a former school teacher mm-hmm. we the first thing we learn is how different everyone learns we have like mm-hmm. people that are very kinesthetic. They need to do yeah. and feel and move through a process to learn it. Right. Others are very auditory and others are very visual. And so I love that this is, if if you're listening, you're like, oh my gosh, meditation never worked or just yoga never worked or whatever it is. Yeah. Like, this is amazing. Yeah, this is another way. I mean, there are many different paths go- going to the same sort of end uh, direction, you know, like that can bring that that sense of, of peace, of inner peace, yeah. but also boosting vitality and energy and enthusiasm for life. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, tell me a little bit about like your story. Like how did you even discover sophrology and, and how has it impacted your life and where were you at, like maybe before you discovered it? Right. So I, when I first moved to France, so 2009, uh, we were walking around a village and I saw a sophrology office and I thought, what the heck's that? <laughs> I'd never heard of it. And I asked my husband and he said, oh, I think it's some sort of relaxation technique similar to yoga. And that's that was sort of it. And um, didn't think much more of it. And then a few years later, I was in my last job. And there were a lot of changes happening at work. There was a merger. We had a new director. I was getting more and more stuff put on my plate. And my job was getting so big that I almost couldn't even imagine or see all of what it encompassed. And it was starting to really stress me out. And then one day at a staff meeting, I started having my first ever panic attack in my life. And I couldn't breathe, you know, and it was humiliating because I was, you know, everybody was there. And um, that just really uh, scared me because I was generally a fairly well-balanced person that had never had any kind of um, thing like that happen to me before. 
And so I decided that I probably needed to do something about it. Um, there were things that I did my on my own. I decided I was going to avoid coffee for a while and um, get up and do yoga every morning and make sure I was getting enough sleep and just doing general wellness things. But one of my colleagues suggested that I go see a sophrologist. And so I went and I saw her every week for a couple of months, uh, just for an hour at a time. And right after the first session, I felt way better already. <laughs> and then by the end, I just felt like so empowered. And um, and that's the thing about sophrology is that it's it's something that is done over the short term and you gain a number of tools and a whole series of um, exercises that you can do on your own. And it really makes you autonomous um, in your own wellness. Mm -hmm. And so I, and that really stuck with me. And even years after um, those visualizations that I was led through in the guided visualizations, there were some aha moments that really stuck with me and they really had a profound effect on me. And I thought, wow, I like, I have to, like, I want to be able to share this with more people because this was a revelation to me and I just loved it so much. And I thought it was such a shame that it's not really known outside of French speaking countries. And I thought, well, this is my opportunity maybe to bring it to the English speaking world. I mean, there are a few English speaking sophrologists for sure in the world, but we're not that, <laughs> there's not that many of us. So um, yeah, it was, it was, it sticking with me for so long that really convinced me that it was important to share. Right. Oh my goodness. I love that. I mean, I love that we're bringing it out to a totally different audience. That's incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah. That must have been so frightening. Like you said, you weren't someone that suffered from anxiety or depression or anything like that. And then out of no. nowhere, you kind of, well, it's never out of nowhere, but then you have this panic attack. Yeah. And um, I mean, that must happen to a lot of people out there and you're and would you say that uh, is it possible to go experience a, a panic attack and not even realize what it is I think so <laughs> because I, I mean I honestly didn't know I what it would feel like I knew I had heard the term before but for me I mean my symptoms I was having this sort of shortness of breath right. and it was like I was hyperventilating and I thought what the heck is going on here like right. I felt like I just couldn't get air and um and I you know managed to calm down a bit and then and then it sort of dawned on me like I'm really I had just had a panic attack wow, wow. yeah incredible um you talked about like the job and the changes and then changing careers. I mean, this is something that I think especially more than ever people are accepting that work isn't really worth the expense of our health. Mm -hmm. And how did that feel? Like, did you ever see yourself making a career change? Was it like, something that you had thought about? Yeah. And to be honest with you, I had probably thought about it for a year or two before even those panic attacks started. Right. Um, I knew that this was not the job for me. And it was something that I, I was in a routine. I was the main breadwinner. 
I felt that responsibility of having to stay in that job. And meanwhile, I was dreaming about working for myself um, because I, in my previous life back in Canada, I'd always been sort of self-employed. And so, you know, working for the man, so to speak, <laughs> uh, was uh, just not working out for me. And, but I stayed there for seven years all the same. Yeah. And I was just, I was wanting to get out. But I remember looking out of the window from my office and just thinking, how will I ever get out of here? Like, I honestly felt like I was in this almost like a prison, like I was really stuck there and I just couldn't see a way out. And I thought, okay, I've just got to trust the process. You know, something's going to happen where we can make this change. And it did. Oh my gosh, that visualization is so powerful because I I can picture you doing that. And actually, I had a moment like that, too, when I was full time teaching in London. And I remember walking down the hallway seeing a teacher just the back of her walking away from me and she wasn't happy in her job she was putting in minimal effort getting by pretty miserable and Mm -hmm. had been in it long enough to be a little bit jaded but still far from retirement and I remember looking at her with no judgment and thinking that might end up being me. Like here Mm -hmm. I am, lots of energy, loving what I'm doing. However, I was already having those moments of kind of feeling like you said, looking out the window and wondering how to escape. Like I could feel these walls and this cage being created around me. And for me, it had nothing to do with the job per se, had to do more with um, the structure, the everyday Mm -hmm wake up at nine, a bell tells you at 1030 to have your break. Another bell tells you to have your lunch. Another bell tells you, you know, it was that more than anything Mm -hmm. else. Um, Not being in control of when I wanted to take time off. Everyone says, oh, teachers have the best holidays. Yeah, I guess they're pretty good, but you're really constrained to those days and there's no flexibility. And that was my moment. And what really um, caught my attention when I was looking at your website which we'll put in the show notes for everyone to access mm-hmm. um yeah there's the sophrology really helps you with like you said the the um, anxiety and and panic attacks and that side of things but what i really what really intrigued me was this idea of it helping you to become unstuck and how mm-hmm. to go from uninspired to inspired Mm-hmm. And I thought, wow, because not everyone is experiencing panic attacks or anxiety and maybe life, you know, it's this example of like, life should be good. I have this, this, and this, but why am I not happy? Mm-hmm. Even though technically on paper, it should be great. And I have zero complaints, but why don't mm-hmm. I feel inspired or why do I feel stuck for whatever mm-hmm. I love? I loved that. Can you talk to me about that? Like, first of all, why do you think so many people are feeling that right now? Well, I think that um, when you're feeling stuck and inspired, it's a sort of symptom that you're not flourishing in life. Mm. And you might be in more of a just getting by survival mode. Mm. Um, And that can come with routine. uh, As you get um, settled into a career, settled into family life, and all the responsibilities that come with it, you know, you're maybe you take less and less time for yourself Mm. for that that self-care whatever that looks like for you and that can just be small things but um that can definitely be an issue 
Um, so, and when you're, when you're just getting by, maybe you're not loving the way you're reacting with others. Maybe you're uh, feeling like something's just not enough or you're lacking something or you find yourself complaining or blaming, you know, like there's so many things that can be going on that are also associated with that. And when you do take the time to feed into your energy and your enthusiasm and whatnot, then there's that sense of flow and creativity in your life and you feel more inspiration and motivation to get things going. And you're no longer letting fear hold you back. And I think that there's a lot of self-imposed fear, like fear of the unknown, like mm-hmm. what will it look like? Well, you can't know what it will look like. You just have to kind of try it out and see. Um, and then there's also just habit, you know, that that routine becomes a habit. And then you habitually do things a certain way and you forget all of the things that are delicious in life mm-hmm. and the things that are fun and that, that really bring you joy. And um, through sophrology, um, in my one-on-one work, and also with the groups that I that I work with, um, we learn to get rid of things that are negative, whether that be tension or stress or you know negative thoughts or just feelings of like being uninspired. And then we bring in a sense of energy and vitality, and also a sense of calm and and serenity, you know, to be in a good place. And once you're in a good place, then you can start building up your your skills, your ability, and you start realizing things that you are free and you start tuning into your values and what's important in your life. And quite often in visualizations, in sophrology sessions, there will be little aha moments, like that little, oh, I just had this thought, like, uh, you know, I'm the one putting pressure on myself and I'm free to not put pressure on myself. Um, so there, there can be all sorts of different little things that, that happen. And slowly a person, you, I, I see my clients sort of opening up and having these realizations and the world just becomes bigger for them again. Because quite often when we're feeling stuck and inspired, we're in kind of a smaller world. Right. Where we, it circles between work, family, home, eat, sleep, you know, rinse and repeat (laughs) kind of thing. Oh my gosh. You said so much in there that I just, I (laughs) so much of it. First of all, routine is such an interesting thing, isn't it? Because I mean, as a health coach, routine is what brings success. The, The correct routines bring success. However, routine can also create that major boredom and lack of growth and Mm -hmm. so it's kind of like this double-edged sword it's why I always say too like even though you know we have these healthy ways of eating and these healthy ways of, of of doing things it's so important to just like break it all sometimes like mm-hmm. just go out and have like you know now that I'm back in town um my mom there's this restaurant she loves to go to and there's literally not a healthy thing on there to choose from and she's right. super healthy like she she grows her own yeah. food and all that right but she's yeah. what she's taught me the most is like sometimes you just a little bit of 
everything like it's okay and yeah. and actually you know what in those moments we have so much fun like we go to that restaurant we chit chat we have a great time yeah I eat the food with that's like not good for me it's got seed oils and before that used to give me anxiety now I just trust in my body that it knows what to do and and that there's more to it eating something with joy is more important mm-hmm. than yeah the anxiety now the routine is important because do I want to do that every day no right like again mm-hmm. um so yeah i i love that you talked about that about about the routines um also what you described so perfectly at the beginning of that was this idea of we're complaining and we're doing all these like things and so often we need someone to kind of hold that mirror up so we can see it mm-hmm. because we don't even know we're doing it yeah and that's powerful. That becomes a habit and, and good friends. It's, it's hard to find people that can be really honest with you because again, their fear of you getting upset or whatever, but for someone mm-hmm. to say, you know, do you notice you're kind of complaining a lot? <laughs> like <laughs> sometimes you just need to snap out, snap out of these things. Yeah. Realize it. Um, well, that's one other thing like with, sorry, um, oh, just to it. bounce off of that yeah. um, in sophrology, there's a way of, of listening also, you know, as I'm listening to a person speak, because it be, before, um, at the beginning of every session, I ask people how things are going and, you know, what's going on. And um, and as they say what's going on, I, 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 I repeat it back to them. So if I understand correctly, you're, you're doing this and this is happening. And it's just a way for them to hear what they've just said. And it's really powerful. Even just hearing somebody say it back to you can be um, um, sort of eye-opening. <laughs> yeah. Do you ever you might not realize. Like, oh my goodness, I can't believe I said that. Yeah, in some ways. Or just like, wow, yeah, okay. Um, just put things in perspective a little bit. Yeah. Ooh, that mm-hmm. is powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, you have something on your website that I just love. It says, you can find happiness in your perfectly imperfect life right where you are mm-hmm. that's so beautiful why why do you have that it's pretty prominent on there mm-hmm. well it's um part of sophrology is accepting what is and without judgment and it is finding the beauty and the and appreciation um, of what is just as it is, it doesn't need to be different. It's really that um, it's almost stoic that, that stoicism that people are talking about. You know, like just taking things as it is, and sure, you can you can make changes, but right now, right here, this is how it is, and and that's it. And once you start um, tuning into the present moment, mm-hmm. yes. I might not be living my 100% ideal life, but what are all the things that I'm grateful for? And what is, what are all the beautiful things that I'm surrounded by on a daily basis? And what can I, even just like going into nature and you were talking about, you know, walking barefoot in the grass and hugging a tree and like those things can bring such joy. And yet we're going to be, you know, stuck thinking about something in the past or worrying about something in the future. And, when we're in the here and now, we can realize everything that is wonderful right here, right now, yeah. even if it's not perfect. 
Oh, I love that. Um, mm-hmm. It's funny. I, whenever, if anyone goes hiking with me or for a walk in the forest, I make them all hug a tree and they never want to. <laughs> and then they do and they go, ah, <laughs> like they get it. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, it's easy to be judgmental, but you got to yeah. try it. Yeah. Um, you're talking a lot about the present moment and it just makes me think of like, the last year and a half with the mm-hmm. pandemic and with so many changes and things that are out of our control. Um, how has this impacted your business, your clients? Have you seen a, a shift at all in this last year and a half? Uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I think that there's been that sort of up and down feeling and the uncertainty, the unknown of how long things are going to go on for. And you just when things are starting to look up again, then they start looking down again, you know, like there's that up and down feeling. And um, I've noticed with my clients, um, there's that apprehension about getting out because we were in various forms of lockdown around the world. And so the idea of getting out again, they're having a difficult time doing that. Right. There's also a general blah feeling and sort of brain fog and lack of inspiration and motivation that I've been noticing. And I've had a lot of people also tell me that they feel like they're not living a fulfilled life. Mm. They feel like they're just getting by. And they're looking for a way to bring that zest back into their life and uh, find that vibrant energy that, you know, they want to be enthusiastic. They want to delight in small things. They want to have fun and they're not feeling it. Like they're just not feeling it. And um, so I think that, that what we've been going through with, with the ongoing pandemic has brought a lot of kind of chronic stress. Mm. I think it's, we've all felt it on our shoulders and that has created, I, I learned a term over this last year and a half that I didn't know about before called allostatic load. Oh, and that's the damage on our bodies when they're in a state of chronic stress. And wow. while we were in isolation, when we weren't seeing our friends and family as often, that was a sign to our bodies, you know, like life is not normal. This is not normal. And um, so that, that feeling just kind of got heavier and heavier for a lot of people. Wow. What's that term again yeah. that you said? Allo, allostatic load. Allostatic load. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's interesting you say that because I'm, I am an extrovert. <laughs> just like I do mm-hmm. get energy from people. I've mm-hmm. always loved um, socializing. And I found even myself this summer, because things here this summer felt pretty normal. Like everything opened up. It's, it's different now, but it had all opened up. And I remember as people were gathering, I would ask, like if I was invited somewhere, I'd ask, oh, how many people are going to be there? Not because I'm afraid of um, COVID. I just, I'm not. I just, I'm not really someone that lives in fear I think it's just how I made up like I just don't but it was the social anxiety and yeah. I've never experienced that I thought oh it's the energy that it takes to meet someone new to think of what you're going to say next to have those conversations and I re- the last time I remember feeling like that I was probably a teenager yeah 
It's bizarre. Yeah. So I would go out if it was all people that I knew and I like, I knew what to say to them or I could, you know, you could have those awkward silences and it's fine. Mm-hmm. Like that I was okay with, but anything new was like, yeah. So I remember thinking, oh my gosh, maybe this, I thought I hadn't been impacted, but mm-hmm. I think we all have in, su- in some way. Yeah. Varying levels, but definitely there's that just general worldwide and we've all had it, you know, that's the amazing thing actually is, you know, it, with it being worldwide is no matter what country you're living in, right. you experienced it at some point. And so it's something that we can all sort of sympathize with. That's right. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you spoke about uh, working with one-to-one and working with groups. What does yeah. the process um what does the process look like working with you like I understand a little bit now about what sophrology is and what it does but what actually do you do like maybe describe yeah. from like the time someone reaches out and what that looks like yeah so um when I work one-on-one with clients we generally set up an initial intake uh, session, which can last quite a bit of time because there's a lot of questions I need to ask. And I ask about general health, sleep, appetite, also like family relationships, uh, social life, professional life, and just trying to get a feeling of where are all the points of potential negative impact coming from. Right. you know, in the whole life. And I get people to rate that impact of that negative effect on a scale of one to five, you know, one being kind of low and five being really high. And that also gives me some material to work with to know like it, that's a really serious thing here and that's less serious here. And then after I ask a lot of questions, I get the uh, client to come up with an objective and we, we sort of wordsmith it together so that it's very, you know, smart, you know, specific and measurable and attainable and, and all the, all the, all the things that it needs to be so that it can be very um, uh, clear in the person's mind, what their objective is. And it's something that sort of englobes everything that, um, that, that they've just spoken about. And, you know, they're talking about health, they're talking about relationships and, and work, but there's probably one overarching theme right. that, they, that they can come up with. And then we do sort of a, a sample session. And, and a sample session, so every sophrology session has four standing or seated exercises that are usually repeated a number of times. And those exercises combine gentle movement, controlled breathing with specific intentions. And once we are done with those exercises, we go straight into a guided relaxation. Sometimes there's a muscle contractions to release tension. And sometimes there are visualizations as well. And um, so the sample session is just a general relaxation session. And then, Once we're done with that first intake uh, session, I go away and I come up with a protocol based on the number of months the person would like to work. Um, Generally speaking, sophrology is a short-term thing, like maybe eight or nine sessions, and that's pretty much it. And this, so I, I come up with an individual protocol that helps to address each of the things that they talked about, and I can help bring them towards their objective. And then each follow-up session 
always follows the same pattern, a time where the person can talk about how things are going. Then we do four standing or seated exercises. Then we do a guided visualization. And then I ask the person to talk about what they observed during the session. What things did they feel? Uh, what if and if there were any images that came up or if there were any um, aha moments that came up? And so and that that's that's really important for them to actually speak it out loud mm. and to hear themselves realize that they were able to observe stuff throughout the session. Wow, I mean, this is remarkable. I've got goosebumps just listening to you. There's so there's really not a lot out there where you get to talk about everything. Mm -hmm. I mean, people come to me as a health coach. So we talk about, right. yes, all the lifestyle factors and all that kind of stuff. And sometimes people do talk to me about personal things because you just, they just do, they trust you and it yeah. happens naturally. It's not something that I would ever market than I do. I mean, I've mm -hmm. had clients change careers because of discussions, right? But, right. but to actually go, to actually know that there's something exists that's going to look at your life as a whole picture, all those different elements that you talked about. Um, I just, I love that. I haven't heard of anything else anyways, in my knowledge that does that. So I'm sure there's other, other forms because we only know what we know, but that's mm -hmm. super impactful. And I think if I'm having that reaction, then someone listening is likely having the same. Mm -hmm. um, the first thing I think is amazing is just to be heard. I think that's a huge one for sure. And so the first session usually lasts two to two and a half hours Amazing. because there's so many questions and back and forth and whatnot. And then each follow-up session usually lasts about an hour and 15 minutes. And yeah. so there really is enough time to, to talk and to, to express yourself and then go through the session, go through all the exercises, the visualization, and then come up with what your feelings were throughout the session. Yeah. And your tools, what I love is they really like talking about all those different ways of learning. You really incorporate all of them, the kinesthetic, mm -hmm. like the feeling, the, the visualization, the, the auditory side of it. It's, it's yeah. beautiful. I can see how it can help so many people because you're literally coming at it from all of those angles. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And each of the, the um, exercises, like the four standing or seated exercises, you know, they are, they're called dynamic relaxation because okay. they're, it's in movement that we're relaxing, but it actually is a progress a progression and it leads up to the guided relaxation with visualization. And so the person might not be ready for a visualization when they first come, but right. by the time we get to the end of those exercises, they're ready. What would it look like working in a group? Like you, you talked about, you do group work as well. Tell me a little yeah. bit about that. Yeah. So group work is more, so it's less, of course, it's not personalized. Um, it's more general wellness. And I tend to take uh, my groups through the things that are the most common um, issues for people. So whether that be stress or fatigue or learning how to sleep better and learning how to let go and gain perspective and tuning into their values and their sense of liberty in life and freedom to choose. Um, so yeah, there's sort of general wellness um, programs and 
I haven't done it yet, but I do plan on creating more specific topics. So having 10 sessions just on sleep, because sleep is such a huge thing. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. And so taking a whole group, people who are having difficulties with sleep Mm. from the beginning to the end and really building those tools so that they can really relax into sleep and sleep better. I mean, that's powerful. Sleep is, it's hard from my perspective as a health coach in the sense that people come to me and they want the nutrition and they want the exercise. And I'm like, no, sleep is number one. It's actually at the very top. (laughs) It's so hard for people to kind of grasp like how how true that is and how Mm -hmm. essential it is. Um, I like the idea of groups. It's actually something that I've started to get into this year as well. And I think they're powerful in a different way and so often we learn so much um, especially women I think this idea I mean I don't I'm sure you I don't know if you work with men as well and that's that's fine but I just I think as women like this whole idea of coming together and learning and going through experiences together is super powerful and healing so I love that you offer that yeah and I I work, I didn't mention this, but I work in French locally okay. with people one-on-one and in groups. And then I also work online in English with people one-on-one and, uh, and in groups. So it's interesting to have, um, yeah, the, the different uh, populations coming to me. Um, sometimes I'll have an online sophrology session and it's people from around the world. Right. I just, I just had one and we had like um, Canada, the U.S., the UK, Holland, France, and South Africa, all in the same Zoom call at the same time. And it's so amazing. And then I'll go to my little, you know, um, villages, um, multi-purpose room and meet with like local farmers and we do sophrology together. So it's quite amazing. Oh my gosh, that's so incredible. (laughs) And it just goes to show how um, more alike we all are than different, right? You're working with a variety of cultures and I'm sure there's differences within there, but then also so much so many similarities yeah absolutely um what kind of results do your clients achieve like without you know naming anyone specifically what are kind of some highlights well um recently i had a client who was feeling frustrated by family demands she had three kids and she was finding that it was difficult to go from you know, sort of her more emotionally um, and spiritually um, inclined activities that she would do with her friends and then come home and have three kids sort of pulling on her her apron, so to speak. And she wanted to become more adaptable and to be able to sleep and to slip back and forth between family life and outside life more easily. And so we did that and together and uh, she just felt like so much more relaxed and she just felt like, yeah, I can, I can choose to come back to the family and and be here. And it's not frustrating anymore. Um, And then I also, I worked with an 11 year old girl who was having lots of emotions, really high emotions, like super excited or really low emotions and like really, you know, crying a lot. And she just wanted to feel more serenity and, and just feel more even keeled. And, and so we worked on that together and that was pretty amazing. What a tool she'll have for life. We all need it. Yeah. Yeah. And she's actually part of my, my little villages um, group. So she's still 
to come. So I saw her one-on-one -on -one last year and now she's coming to the group sessions. And then there are people who, um, like I had one client who was wanting to just enjoy life more. She was feeling really down in her job and she actually came to the realization that she was going to take two months off yeah. and just enjoy her summer and sort of have a little rethink about life. She was able to do it. Yeah. And um, yeah, she's just like way more excited about things going on in her life and she's looking at um, a career change. And so, yeah, there's amazing wow. stuff happening it's a, that's powerful when that happens for people i know i went through a mm -hmm. stage where i had mold toxicity and so the um, the brain fog and the way i was feeling was i remember thinking like i feel so uninspired and so blah so when you get that little those little sparks to come back it's like mm -hmm. it's amazing and to have someone yeah. to help you accelerate that process yeah is so powerful yeah and I should be clear, like I'm not doing any of the work. I mean, I'm guiding the person <laughs> through, through the exercises and everything, but really each person is doing the work within. And so the answers are coming from within. It's also learning to trust yourself and listen to your own inner wisdom, which is, you know. Well, I mean, you're very humble, but you need to guide, guide <laughs> and teach. And so that's really powerful. Yeah. Like they have those tools when, so when they're finished working with you, it's not like the process is over. They actually now can continue it on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They become self. Yeah. They're autonomous in their own Incredible. wellness. They can continue on. And that's kind of a good teacher. I remember when I was a personal trainer in London, I have clients for years and I'd be like, you know what to do. You don't need me anymore. And they'd be like, but we do. <laughs> I'd be like, well, I always, I mean, it was so flattering in one way, but in another way, it's not what I wanted. I wanted them to be yeah. empowered so that this was something that was going to stick and not rely on right. me as, as their coach or teacher. So, right. so I think that's, mm -hmm. that's a sign of an incredible coach when, when you're able to give people those tools and it's okay for them to come back or, you know, um, and rely on you in a sense, but know that they have the, that they're empowered to do it on their own if they, if, when they need to. Yeah. Like when they come to the end of the, our, our work together and they've attained their objective, um, you know, something else might come up in life yeah. and they might want to work on that for a bit okay. and that's fine. Yeah. But for that particular objective, hopefully it's been covered. Yeah, that's incredible. Okay, we're just going to change the subject a little bit because there's another yeah. thing on your website, which is like something that I love so much, especially over the last couple of years, it's really helped me and that's um, walking. And people are gonna be like, yeah. what? What are you talking about? <laughs> but you have, you do these creative walks. Yeah, I tell call me, it. Tell me about that. Like, Yeah, I call them creative walking tours. Essentially, yeah. it's, it's a mindful way of going for a walk and more of a creative and fun way of going for a walk. So instead of counting steps or kilometers or number of minutes that you've gone out, uh, it's tuning into your environment. And it's what you were talking about before walking, you know, barefoot on grass or hugging a tree. It's really tuning into your all of your senses, uh, everything that you can see, everything that you can hear, smell, touch, maybe taste even. Um, and also looking for beauty. And I there's one a little exercise that I have in my creative walking tour that I call unseen beauty and it's finding beauty in the ordinary or even the ugly and something that is inherently not necessarily beautiful, but finding the beauty in it. And 
it builds that appreciation of everything that's surrounding you and it makes you feel connected to yourself and with the world around you. And so when you get present, you're, you're automatically starting to reduce anxiety. Mm. And so when you um, are paying attention to your surroundings, you're getting into that present moment. And so you're, you're naturally calming yourself and it just helps you to sort of better cope with things going on in life. And uh, yeah, so creative walking tours, uh, it's something that I started as a, just something that I wanted. France and it's even better. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so it's something that uh, like I, I came up with that I wanted people to just get out and have fun and sort of get out of their heads. Cause yeah. I found people were really kind of stuck in their heads and just to get out and have fun. And something that I gave away on my website as with an, a PDF and an audio file. And then I had the idea when the pandemic first hit last year to start up a creative walking tour challenge. And so for five days, people from around the world were going out for creative walking tours with a different intention on each day. And we were in a private Facebook group just sharing photos and and our experience together. And I've now held four of those creative walking tour challenges. And the incentive also is I give away prizes. I send little special gifts from France and I also hand make postcards and send them to everybody who participates. Um, The last couple have had um, like over 50 participants. So there's been a lot of postcard making, but, (laughs) but I wanted to have that special human touch, you know, like we were all in isolation and I wanted to send something to people. Oh my God. That's so beautiful. I want to be in your next one for sure. (laughs) You do it again. I'll send Um, you the invite. Okay. You like this whole experience just has me reflecting back on, um, I had this aunt, I mean, she's a big reason why I'm into health and everything. And sadly she passed Mm -hmm. of cancer many years ago, but she was, um, a florist and born in Madeira Island. And I remember she ended up living in Salt Spring Island, which is just off Mm. the coast of British Columbia. I know you know where it is for our (laughs) listeners. And we used to go for walks were her thing. We'd go for walks all the time, but she taught me exactly what you're talking about. We would be walking and out of nowhere, she'd stop and she'd pick something up. I mean, it could be a flower that I hadn't, she wouldn't pick the flower. She didn't actually, she would just like reach down and make me look at it like a little flower or pick up a pebble and be like Rosa do you see how beautiful this is and so I started to see the world through those eyes and realized realized in that moment I was like in my early 20s how it's so easy to rush past things and not notice the beauty in it and you've described that experience so perfectly mm-hmm. yeah yeah, yeah. And it definitely enhances just your, your, your feeling of being connected to the world. Yeah. 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 That's where joy really comes from. Joy Mm -hmm. and happiness. And it's, it's not always the big grand, grand thing. No, no. In fact, it's not, it's all, it's all these little things. Oh my goodness. Okay. Is there anything that I've missed out? Like anything you would like to um, add about sophrology or. Uh, I don't think so. Uh, there is um, always the possibility to read more about it on my website. I have a couple well, of your website. Articles. I'll put it in the link, but tell it to us mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. So that's mariannedeclear.com. 
and um, you'll put the link in the, in I the show the notes. Yeah, yeah. And are you? We're not. We're not. Um, I have a couple more questions to ask you. Yeah. Before mm-hmm. we go, but let's talk about this. How people can get in touch with you? Like, sure. there's the website. Are you on social media? Yeah. So on Instagram, I'm Marianne Declare. And I also have an Insight Timer page. Are you familiar with Insight Timer? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have a few uh, guided relaxations up there. So that's insighttimer.com slash Marianne DeClere. So I'd love to have you listen and... um, I didn't know you could create your own pages on there. That's beautiful. Yes, you can. Yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. we'll definitely put that in the show notes as well. So people can just do, you know, a quick click and get to it. Okay, yeah. so there's a couple of questions that I ask all of my guests. Um, mm-hmm. The first question is, can you think of a moment when something you heard or read changed things for you? There's a, yeah, that's, wow. <laughs> there's so many things, how to choose. I mean, I think if you're um, looking out the window, that's a moment, but. Yeah, no, for for me, quite honestly, um, one of the things that I read that had a huge impact on me back at a time when just right when my life was in flux and I was um, about to move to France was The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. And I was, um, yeah, it was just came to me at the right time in my life. And it just really spoke to me at that time. And I've reread it since and I've made all sorts of notes about it. But it's something that I I really love. And it really sort of resonates with me. And the other thing um, is, I went to uh, see Byron Katie in, um, in Paris a couple of years ago. And her work, I put work in, I mean, that's the name of her, her work is the work. She has four, she has four questions that she asks. It's, is it true? Can you absolutely know that it's true? How do you react when you believe that thought? And who would you be without the thought? And saying it like that, it might not make a huge amount of sense, but when you start, you know, thinking about something that is bugging you and you ask yourself, is it true? And do I, can I be absolutely sure that it's true? And how do I feel when I believe that it's true? And then if I don't believe that it's true, if I don't have that thought, how do I feel? And, and who am I? And usually, (laughs) usually, you're a whole lot more um, lighter and freer. And that has inspired me to, and I, this is something that I remind myself of a lot is just because you think it doesn't mean it's true. And I, that's something that I repeat to myself quite often. Yeah. Same, same. Yeah. Um, She, when you ask those questions, I remember when I first was introduced to her work, her work, the work, Mm -hmm. um, on her website, she's got videos where she takes people through those questions mm-hmm. and they're like really extreme cases. And you're like, wow, like things that people really believe a hundred percent watch it kind of crumble, but like in a really beautiful yeah. freeing way. It's yeah, it's really great. Wow. Okay. Powerful. The last thing is what does, and I think that this is what we've been talking about through this whole episode, actually, <laughs> but we'll just mm-hmm. off of it anyways, is what does living life by design mean to you? So living life by design is really about choosing. It's choosing to do the things that bring you joy, that 
feel juicy and delicious, that spark your creativity and your curiosity, and that really feed your soul. And that and all those things will allow you to live a fulfilled life. Because no matter what you're doing, if you're doing it with enthusiasm and with that sort of nourishment, you're just going to have a wonderfully fulfilled life. And so it's choice. It's really being deliberate in your choice and being honest with yourself. Oh, beautiful. And what a great way to end this episode. Marianne, thank you so much. I feel like I have learned so much from you and I'm going to encourage everyone listening to please go to your website and to reach out if they've really felt like they resonated with this. I think anything that any tool or method or coach or trainer that is out there that can help us to become unstuck, to feel more fulfilled, that just go for it. Why, why try and figure it out ourselves? And it takes so much longer when we could be that much closer to being more authentically ourselves and really enjoying life. So I so appreciate this. And I'm excited for more North Americans to learn about sophrology and have it really impact their lives in a, in a really positive way. So thank you. Thanks so much for your time. Oh, well, thank you, Rosa. It's been such a pleasure chatting with you today. Bye. Thank you so much for listening in today. I know time is precious and I'm grateful you shared yours with me. It would mean the world to me if you felt an impact, a moment of inspiration, or learned something new. If you would share it with those you care about and leave me a review on iTunes. I'd love to know what spoke to you or what you'd like to hear more of. Your sharing and leaving a review would help so much on this journey to making an impact on as many people as possible. It's worth it. I know from experience, there are moments when something we hear has the possibility of changing everything.